Tyler Campbell from Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, Sunny back here with another new episode of Interview Under Fire. Tyler Campbell, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. This is a big time of the year for you and the guys over at Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons with your new studio album, We're the Bastards, comes out November 13th on Nuclear Blast Records. You know, first off, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far. You know, before we get to that, I know you're ready to talk. I want to ask a very important question. It's a very simple question, but I think it's an important one to ask considering where we're at right now. How are you, man? You know, how have things been for you and the guys, you know, over at Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons? How's life in Wales? Uh, very, very, very boring. <laughs> Basically, we were back in uh, a strict local lockdown. So we're technically not supposed to leave our county. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I haven't really done anything. I've, I've, I can't even play soccer with my mates at the moment. Uh, I've The most I've done is that... Uh, it was, it was fine during the summer because you'd meet in the, like, the rugby field and we'd still stay like two metres away from each other, but we were drinking beers on the field <laughs> with like six of my mates or something, so that was fun. But we tried it maybe two weeks ago and it was just too cold. <laughs> we had a walk yeah. back at like, a clock. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. So uh, now uh, that's gone out the window. I think we're going back to doing like Zoom quizzes and Zoom online cards against humanity is what I highly recommend. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great, you know, it, you, it's funny. You actually weren't the first person to talk about that because I have some peers of mine. We, I mean, we love cards yeah. against humanity, you know, it's, but they were talking about it. What if we did this like over the, like invite a bunch of people on a Zoom call and actually play it? That act actually worked, but yeah. hey, at least you're actually doing that. So there's it's a, a good website. way to stay busy. If you want to do it, there's a website cardsagainstcoronavirus.co.uk oh there's an American gosh. version there's four versions and you click American and there's like a Harry Potter version we played that like two minutes and got boring but yeah <laughs> you, you can play it you get, you get a code you send the code to your mates and then you're all on the same one so and it's easy enough to have like your zoom cameras your own camera on the one side and then or just double device it I prefer the double device oh my gosh alright well now you got me excited you take your life I mean, should we even do the interview? We should just go straight <laughs> to the game. <laughs> you know, drink the beers that play that game. Too. Man, that sounds like I mean, <laughs> making the best of the situation. It's definitely a challenge, and that's a de- that's a. I mean, I can't argue with that at all. <laughs> no, it's definitely been the most fun I've had in about seven months playing that like once a week. You know, within the seven months, staying busy like you have. You know, I want to ask. You know, being away from the stage a lot as of late. You know, Tyler, how are mm. you keeping up your? bass guitar chops how are you keeping up with your instrumentation these days is that affecting your musicianship has anything changed for you routine wise at all if at all i think it's, it's very strange i think a lot of people have, have been a lot more creative uh, during lockdown i think i've been really lazy and i'm just playing <laughs> computer games and stuff I, at the very start i tried to like download some uh, recording software and after maybe about an hour, I just was like, I'm rubbish at this. I can't do it. <laughs> so funnily enough, I haven't actually picked up the guitar. Because I'm a guitarist, really. I just played bass in this band. But I haven't really picked up the guitar that much, unfortunately. I think maybe at the start, yeah. uh, a few ideas. But I think it might be because I know there's just no gigs or anything happening. 
I'm just not inspired at the moment to just pick up the guitar. It sounds stupid, but I know, I know it was really bad of me, but it's just, you know, the new FIFA game came out a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. You do what you got to do to stay busy. And it's, it's, I mean, you can't, you know, being a musician, you know, and we're both in the industry ourselves. It's, it's, it's tough. You can, yeah. I used to go to a show every week. I don't know how the schedule was for you before all the lockdowns. And now yeah. I haven't been to a show in what, seven months. I haven't been to a movie in seven months yeah. last yeah. night. I mean, was my first time actually going out and it, of course, you know, for my listeners, it is my birthday weekend. So it's, yeah. it's a pleasure having Tyler on. It only makes sense that it's Tyler, you know, <laughs> but you know, it was my first time going out last night. It was, it was yeah. just weird just to be in that mindset again. Yeah. It almost like you have to snap back to where you were and then, Again, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, has it been like that for you? You know, trying to get much. out of that. Because I, 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 I prefer playing live as opposed to like so, writing songs and recording. Live is where I enjoy. I mean, my element playing on stage and visiting different places and stuff. I, I live for all that. And I just travel. I've loved traveling. I used to. If it's like one of my favorite bands are playing in like Berlin or Rome. I try and make like a city weekend out there, go with a few mates, and I'm gonna miss doing that. Like I said, I've been to the pub like maybe twice in seven months, and they've been more strict on that now. You're only supposed to go with people from your own households now. So I know a lot of people get away with it, but I try to be, I try to like do it all properly, just because I, I, my method is the sooner everyone does it, like lives by the rules, the sooner we can go back to normal. But I know everyone yeah. has it. But I think now our government's sending a lot of mixed messages all the time. I think everyone's just making their own rules now, which is good. I think it's good to be responsible. People make their own rules, but they're being responsible about it. Because, like, in our in the UK, you're, you're not allowed to visit, e, like, your, your your mother at her house, but you can go into a pub full of random strangers and stuff. <laughs> isn't isn't so, that so weird? <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of people... Cause they're, they're, they're saying there's not what the evidence is saying. They're I'm not a scientist. Don't get me wrong. No, they're, no, saying, I got it. they're saying like, oh, the most transmissions are in people's households. But I'm like, but the person who transmits the virus, where do they get that transmission from in the first place? They probably mm. got it from the, the, a pub or a restaurant, and then brought her into the household. And then I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But it's just strange when you can't visit your family in that, but you can go into a pub full of 200 people. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it, – you don't – there's so much information, you know, thrown at us left and right. It's really – you don't really know what to believe at this point anymore. Yeah. I mean, in Dallas, Texas, you were talking about pubs. Like I said, it going out to a bar is just uh, – I mean, yeah, you can do that, but you can't do a simple thing like go visit your – you know, grandmother and, you know, yeah. whatever it is, if a family member is ill or anything like that, and you don't know what to believe anymore. Like some numbers are high, some numbers are low in different states. I know different parts yeah. of the world. It's weird. I don't know Wales. I know it's the same yeah. situation for you, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You know, we talked about what we're experiencing right now. Let's talk about what you were experiencing before all this, you know, with Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, you know, your, your dad's a living legend and, you know, you're following in his footsteps. It seems like yeah. that, at least through my eyes. I want to ask with with that group starting 2016. I want to ask how was the touring life for you personally? Because now you're kind of just taking like an unseen step back, and does it make you 
have a growing appreciation of the touring life because you guys, you know, perform with Hawkwind, Guns N' Roses, Saxon, Airborne, you know, so many. And I believe Vakken too, and a few other festivals as well, right? Yeah. 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 So I was on so, first ever show, actually, Vakken, where we, we changed our name from All Star Band to Bastard Sons and we unveiled the new backdrop. And uh, that was an insane wow. day. <laughs> Man, so so having said that, what was your favorite part about touring? Because we're talking culture, fans, yeah. even the food. There's just so many things you can pick up apart about the touring life. What makes it amazing? What was your favorite part about it? I I definitely feel like I I feel more at home on tour than uh, back home. And I was different for all the rest of the band. Like Neil's got a family and stuff, and some people like towards the end they kind of just can't wait to get back home. But I'm always really I just want the tour to live on forever. <laughs> right. But I just like everything about I like I like traveling to new places, visiting new uh, countries and cities you've never been before. Love playing live. I love meeting all the fans. I like lazing about on the tour bus, getting drunk till four in the morning, um, talking nonsense to the, the crew. Because the rest of the boys in the band, they kind of go to bed early-ish, where I'm all <laughs> talking nonsense but i miss i just miss it all really and i don't feel like i've got nothing to do at the moment that's why i suppose i don't really feel like picking up like i pick up a guitar maybe once a month or something maybe and uh yeah i think that, yeah mainly uh, i just miss oh, having like a self sounds really deep meaningful now very deep yeah, yeah. I, I feel like i belong being on tour and i'm also like when we tour maybe 50% of the time I tour manage the band as well. So I'm like literally busy all the time. So when we're not touring, I'm like busy advancing all the shows, speaking all the promoters, getting all the riders ready, some booking flights, booking hotels, booking crew. And now I, mean, I can't do that. I can't even, I can't even check any flights and get really excited because I found one airline's 20 pounds cheaper than the other airline. <laughs> Man, as you're as as you're listing all those things that you know that you miss about it, like it makes me miss that even more. It's like, wow, yeah, I remember, you know, it all the things that the bands do as far as you know, the, even the press, even the fans, like how that scheduling goes, and 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 that fact, it's challenging. But you know, I, I like asking this question because it does make you think about like how grateful you had for the time you were on the road, and who knows when? I mean, they're saying. They're saying 2021, late 2021, and I don't even know if I can wait a whole year. No, I don't know honestly when. Honestly, I don't know when. We got German tour booked for April, but we kind of just booked that in case it was a miracle and everyone was just booking last minute shows and all the venues ran out of it. Like fingers yeah. crossed that can happen, but obviously we all got to be realistic. And uh, a lot of people saying a lot of people are saying 2022. Like oh gosh, I know, um, I know a lot of big. I think I've heard that mainly from somebody in America, like one of the big, I don't know, promotions. Come like somebody from Live Nation, I think said that maybe. Mm-hmm. You never I mean, know. According to Donald Trump, you're weeks away from a vaccine. So, <laughs> like I said, that goes into all the information being thrown on this left and right. Like we don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. They said. Oh, no. everything's going to be fine by Easter. You know how long ago Easter was? Easter was back in I April. Know. We're in October. It is nuts. <laughs> I was kind so, of always more realistic. Yeah, because initially we were like, oh, we're going to have a two-week lockdown. I was like, this lockdown is going to go on for months. 
but I didn't think it was maybe I was thinking maybe a month, two months. And yeah. then I kind of like, oh, maybe the, the the end of August festivals might happen. Then I was like, oh, maybe the Scandinavian tour will happen and we'll cancel the festivals. And then as it, every month got on, I was like, no shows are happening this year. But I suppose we got to stay positive and just fingers crossed next year will be a better year for everyone. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's hope. I mean, that's that's all we can do right now. Now, uh, before we get to to we're the bastards, I wanna I wanna talk about something really quick because this has been a popular topic on my show as of late, and you've okay. seen this for the last seven months. And I don't know how much. I mean, I think you've taken a part in it maybe a little bit. Live streaming a lot of the bands, what they've been yeah. doing on stage, they've been taking it to the screen like we're doing. You know, Code Orange, Insomnium, Lamb of God. I think they just did one and. Yeah. Uh, Behemoth did one, Imperial Triumphant. I mean, the list goes on. But mm. I wanted to ask you, being on the road as long as you have, you know, being involved with your dad and your and your brothers, your your family, and in the music industry, yeah. you know, Tyler, I want to ask, you know, do you think like the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these artists, do you think that's going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? I don't think so personally like you might have one-off events like for our debut album we did a youtube stream but we had like people there but i think it's just it's a good way for bands to you know connect with the fans and obviously they're making the best of a dire situation so i understand why bands are doing it and i understand why fans are doing it to support the artists they love but like if you know if you've got an option like say everything's back to normal I think I've, I think it's going to be a big surge of like t- I think ticket sales might go through the roof like because mm-hmm. people haven't been to concerts so many times they might even go to like a concert where they wouldn't have bought a ticket for originally they just go oh I like maybe I like two of their songs and I've been to a concert for ages I'll go I'll go to last for it just because no one's been to a concert for a year and a half so I think if you got the option in like a normal world I think yeah I don't think the streaming thing will happen as much as is happening now. I might be wrong, but I'd, I'd hopefully I'd like to think that fans would still want to go to concerts. And from what I'm seeing from the response, is just a lot of people saying, I enjoyed it, but it's not the same as a live concert. So yeah, there's and- a nice stopgap, something to do now, but when you can't go to a live concert. And there's no right or wrong answer to this. So, you know, I, I love that input. Everybody, every musician who I've talked to, like yourself, they all have different out- outlooks. There, some bands are like, oh, I don't want to do shit until all this is yeah. over. And some bands are like, okay, this is still a way for me to engage with the fans. Let's see what we can do to keep it going. And, you know, two months ago, I don't know if you heard about what was going on in the States. Metallica did the live streaming show. Did you hear about yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah so so I went to that here in oh, Dallas, cool. and it sold out. And believe yeah. it or not, that was my first time ever going to a Metallica show. Oh wow! <laughs> I've seen sweet. yeah, I know, right? Like, coming for someone like me, and I've I've seen so many bands except Metallica. And my uh, good friend of mine had an extra ticket. I'm like, sure, I'll go. It was crazy. Like we got to the drive-in, and it was just just a massive amount of cars just in a line in a row. Like you saw different rows, and then you saw the screen and. Uh, it made me miss the live experience even more as yeah, yeah. much as, as much as I really like that experience for what I got, it maybe missed that just experience even more because you know, you know, what's the popular thing we hear when artists are on stage, especially in a metal community. Oh, let me see those horns. Right. And yeah, then right. what, and then what do you see? You see a sea of horns 
what do they say in this show? Instead of saying that, they said, let me hear you honk your horns. <laughs> so, so if you roll your window down, you just hear like just horns honking. Like, it's, like, it's like a traffic stop. And it's just just a sea of cars just honking. It was it was great. You know, a lot of it was a great turnout, but it just made me miss that even more. But yeah, but yeah, just my input, you know, just putting that out there. It was nice to experience, but I don't know how long this is gonna go. No, I think but, we we in the UK they tried the drive through thing, but they cancelled it like a month before. There's an entire series of established bands and artists, but. I don't know if they cancelled it because of they said it was due to local lockdowns were happening and they were like would have been brick but I'm not sure if it might have been a ticket thing I'm not sure it was a, yeah I like the idea of it just because it gives like local I wouldn't have gone personally saying that my closest one was like Bristol which is like an hour away okay. but I think it was good that it would have given a lot of like stage crew a lot of work over the summer obviously they've all lost it their jobs because there's no tour in a festival so I, I would have liked to have seen them go ahead just mainly that point of view because it would have given a lot of job opportunities to people who are struggling right now so there's a big shame that they didn't go ahead but uh this is our country we, we're rubbish <laughs> can't do anything <laughs> like Germany, yeah. I think a lot of other european countries they're doing drive-through concerts i know doral pesh in germany's done a load of concerts in germany yep. or distanced but the UK just can't do anything. We're useless. Man. Um, yeah, I, I'm hearing like so many different things on, on as far as the numbers go, you know, cases like dropping and rising and same thing here in the States. But, you know, uh, uh, in Germany, there was a there was a festival live summer. We had Jennifer from, from Beyond the Black on the show okay. a couple months ago. And she was talking about how they had they did the they did the show like actual show on the stage. But instead of fans, like it was just cars. Part. Yeah, I mean, similar to Metallica. I mean, but the band was actually there. Yeah. I don't know how they were able to do that. I mean, it, it would. I'm glad they did it. It was a nice experience. Yeah. But, but man, you're talking about just creativity is through the roof as far mm -hmm. as trying to get the material out there to the fans. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, that's another yeah, thing. I think, that they that's did. What I, saw. I think Doro did a similar thing. They literally just set up a stage by a car park and then everyone. She did. Yeah. So, yeah. So it all looked pretty cool. Yeah, and Tyler, I know we covered everything from top to bottom. I promise we'll talk about the new album right now. <laughs> you know, right. we're the bastards. You know, uh, I can't wait for this release. comes out November 13th on Nuclear Blast Records for all my listeners out there. You know, Tyler, I want to ask, you know, how much did things change from when you guys first started writing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with uh, We're the Bastards? Uh. Not particularly. I think we, just, we all just, January, February, we all just jammed in a room. I think the one thing, we knew we could experiment with our sound a bit more because mm -hmm. I think on the first album, we kind of tested the waters by having Dark Days as a third single because it's like a slower bluesy number. But that ended up being like the most popular song. So we knew we could be explore our horizons a bit more and do a bit more similar. You could say it's like a Southern rock style maybe. So yeah, and it would belong right here in Texas, like I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we got songs like uh, Desert Song and Born to Rome, which is probably that similar vibe. And yeah, we just try to write songs. Well, uh, Phil said a good song is a good song at the end of the day. So we just try to write good songs. And uh, the recording process was different because lockdown hit. So when we started recording the album, we just did it one person in the studio at a time. 
So Todd, my oldest brother, who plays guitar, he's a producer. Right. He's been recording bands for like 10, 15 years. So he's, he's in the one room. I'm in like the live room with headphones. I don't even see Todd during, throughout the entire day. I just got him on Skype, like me and you. <laughs> but uh, that was one, that's mainly the only difference. And it wasn't that much difference, really. You just haven't got the rest of the band disagreeing with punkless parts, really. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. only. Yeah, like, as a bad thing, I suppose, because it's kind of good having that feedback from the rest of the band. But then the good thing is you're there on your own and you just concentrate on your own instrument. But besides from that, yeah, I think that was the only different thing, really, regarding the songwriting and the recording. Was there a sense of comfortability in the studio knowing that Todd was there? I mean, considering every the bands that he's worked with in the past, yeah. I mean, you have your own family member in there with you. I mean, what was it yeah. like? like? Like, you know what you wanted. Like, okay, Todd, this is what I want. This is how I wanted to sound. Let's go. Uh, I think I've been recording because I I got another band, so I've been recording with Todd for like fifteen years or so. So it's just it's so natural recording with him as a producer because I've recorded with various producers in the past, and sometimes it's just well, it's usually always great, but you always get that you got to feel <laughs> them out, get get used to know them, and then it's eventually fine. But it's, it's so natural with Todd; it's just easy. So. Uh, and regarding the sound, I'm never that technical or that, but I just tell Todd just tells me what to do, and I just I know it's going to sound good because he's the experienced one when it comes to music production and sound. So I just leave him do it. So if he tells me to turn my treble up a tiny bit or my sans amp, I'll do it, and then he'll tell me to turn it down a bit for another song. So yeah, I think we all just trust Todd's ears, and yeah, it was it was it was just natural for us. And was Soren Anderson also involved in this process as well? Yeah, so uh, we've known him for a, a while, mainly due to the, we did a Marshall when Marshall did the fiftieth anniversary of concert, yeah, uh, fiftieth anniversary concert. Yeah. Phil played, and I went, and Soren was in the band playing guitar, and we got friendly with him. And then Soren mixed Todd's uh, my dad's solo album last year, and we thought he did such a great job, which Todd also recorded. So we just thought we'd do the same process again and i think it sounded amazing it was cool we we played with glenn hughes uh last year in belgium because he he's a guitarist for glenn hughes as well so it was cool we got to hang out a bit last year unfortunately we couldn't do it this year because we were supposed to play a few more festivals with him again so yeah fingers crossed for next year we're gonna have a few beers then man <laughs> we should just have a beer like and when's the next time <laughs> you can come to dallas i mean that'll we'll definitely schedule that and for my listeners who don't know you know soren anderson Todd Campbell, they helped record, engineer, and mix with yeah. the Bastards, respectively. You know, Tyler, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process like we just talked about, what challenges did you personally face this time around that you may have not faced with Age of Absurdity or even the self-titled EP you guys had? What challenge? I thought it was an interesting process where, like, it was different for me, like I said, recording my own bass, but then, like, just not hearing the rest of the song until it's like finished, really. Like, I think Todd mm-hmm. might send monitor mixes maybe like, like before we did the vocals, but I didn't hear any rhythm. Usually, you hear the rhythm guitars and then the, the lead guitars. But then I just hear all the guitars at once. And then it was a bit strange not being involved in that process. But yeah, besides that, it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult. If we, if we go record another album in lockdown again, it wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't have any. Uh, trepidations or anything it'd be fairly straightforward why did you specifically pick we're the bastards as a single i think 
uh, mainly because it was like a dedication to the fans. The lyrics was uh, it was about going back on the road and missing that connection with the fans and the music. Yeah, and I think I had such. Uh, Todd thought it was funny having our most catchy song having a swear word in the chorus. Uh, it was just made perfect sense to release that as a single, and then not have like BBC Radio Two not a, uh, aren't able to play it, probably. So it was kind of I know it was like a tribute to our fans really, and I think because. Moat read an album called We Are Moat Ahead as well. It's kind yeah. of a slight nudge to that as well. So, yeah, I think it was just a, it was once we, I mean, the initial idea was somebody tweeted us saying, I can't wait to hear the album. We didn't have an album title or anything back then, but they were like, oh, I can't wait to hear the album and see you back on stage. Hashtag We're the Bastards. And then Tom <laughs> saw that. I was just like, that's a cool name for an album. So we just went from whoever that guy was, whoever that guy was who sent that tweet, we got him to thank. Well, let me ask you this now. Now we're talking about, you know, kind of like the, almost like a theme, you know, for We're the Bastards. You know, Tyler, you you can talk about Phil, you whoever else is in the band who actually chipped in on this. To what level do you like to have a theme for your records? How important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you guys write or sound, or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do like 10 songs in the studio and that's it, <laughs> that, which is fine. They can do that. But I felt like you guys, considering your your father and people who don't know, you know, you know, his Tyler's dad, you know, Phil Campbell played in Motorhead since 1983. You know, I, I felt like there's a specific sound, you know, a dilemma that you guys wanted to deliver with the theme for We're the Bastards. Yeah, I think it's always good to have a theme. We never go and specifically say, right, we need a theme for this album, but it's good. I think it's good to have a theme. And some the last two albums, they've just happened. I think it's mainly, it helps when, uh, the artist we work with, the same Matt, Matt Rist designed both album covers. Okay, so, all right. I think so. For the, the first album, it's like a vaudeville theme. Todd came up with the title "Age of Absurdity" because I think he read it from a Frank Zappa book and he thought it sounded cool. And I think if you have a theme on an album title, it helps Neil with like a slight lyrical direction. So it's not a concept album, but he's got a theme and like a rough idea where you can get inspiration for lyrical content. So I think. Similar, maybe less so similar, but we had the theme, we had an artwork theme anyway, when he sent us that medieval like cover and we thought it was really cool. And it was kind of look, it reminded us of, like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and we were all big, big fans of that. <laughs> I was just yeah. watching that last week, I'm not even kidding. Oh, it's on Netflix amazing. now, if anybody yes, doesn't know. <laughs> that's awesome, but I think, uh, yeah, I think it was because. Yeah, we wrote we wrote all the album minus the lyrics. Neil always does his lyrics kind of the week before the studio and during the studio. But like once we had the way the bastards as an option for the album title, and then I think he wrote the song then, which is I think yeah. Once you give him a, a, a slight direction, he can come up with all sorts of things. And so we don't yeah we don't go out and say we need a theme, but I think it's good to have themes, especially with artwork as well. I think it's good to. Uh, it's good to have like an artwork theme, and that's because I think it's good to for to give the fans like a more. There's people who still like buying vinyl and stuff. It's good for them to like have the art yeah. in their hands, and we try to make a bit of effort of that as well. Do you see where the bastards as being a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? I suppose, yeah, the worst year of my life. <laughs> So here's the thing about that, because, you know, this has been a great year for music, you know, unfortunately, venue shutting down, no live music, there's that. 
but as far as the content as far as you know the musicianship the just albums in general you know it's um it's it's an interesting topic because you can look back on it and say oh that was the pandemic album you know when you look back on it and of course when you release an album especially if it's a brand new studio album especially with such a a rich history like yourselves you know there's no protocol for a pandemic you know when you release an album you know okay here's what we got to do for this 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 but for a pandemic for a pandemic there's no like rules that you got to follow it's just you don't know what you're going to do it's like okay do we push it forward do we stick to the release date you know but you know tile out that that reverts me back as asking you this question about do you see this album where you are like at a certain time in your life like turning back looking back on it, it's like okay this album actually helped me grow in a way personally and artistically that i may not have noticed before about myself does that do you ever think about that i'm gonna just be a boring and say no <laughs> 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 I was like, do I try and blag Okay, we're going to have to have a beer. <laughs> I was like, do I try and blag an interest and answer for you? Or... Like, not really. I, I don't really think about stuff that. I'm putting you on the spot here, I know. <laughs> That's okay, it's fine. Like, like you said, the one thing is there was a discussion whether we should delay the out because we were originally going to tour the UK at the same time. And once we realized the tour wasn't going to happen, we're going to delay it till next year. Do we delay the album? But then we all just thought unanimously. The, like the, the fans can't even go and watch a concert. The least we can do is give them some new music. So we're all unanimous about that. But uh, so another thing is, I, I, you said it was your birthday today. I turned 30 last week. So Hey, we're October. October. Yeah. This is great. Both of us. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't have a big party. So I just I had a Domino's pizza, basically. and. Uh, that's a party, uh, man. If you have pizza, yeah. that's a party. I'm just going to put it out there. Pizza and cause <laughs> against coronavirus. So. And here, here we are in our 30s talking to music. This is this is life. We're living it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, last question. I know we. I mean, unfortunately, it's the last question, but I wanted to finish this off with a bang. So, for my listeners again who do not know, Phil Campbell played in Motorhead since 1983. I mean, a big part of that legacy with Lemmy and just that history that that band has exhibited. You know, Tyler, has how much of an influence has your father played? I'm sure, you know, it goes through the roof, but have your aspirations as a person, have they changed or evolved since when you first started picking up an instrument? Do you see things differently now? Um, I suppose, yeah, when I was younger, when I was like, my first concert was probably Motorhead when I was like five years old, I think. Oh, so my God. That's that awesome. All I can remember is like an ice cream, so... I, don't think, I was like, turn it down, I want to eat my ice cream. But, uh, yeah, I think when I was in, like, primary school, and I would go to, like, school, you'd have, like, school discos when you're, like, eight or nine, and everyone was, like, listening to, like, Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls, and I'd, like, turn up in, like, a Metallica T-shirt or something like that. I was like, uh, like what the hell is this music? Why is no one listening to Joe Satriani or Metallica? That was always interesting. But I think I've always wanted to be a musician, like before this band with my other band, the people of Poets, like we've had aspirations to be a big band ourselves. And unfortunately, we ne- we've got close a couple of times of making it big or signing a record deal or whatever. But it's just unfortunately never happened for us. But yeah, I've always wanted to be a musician. And I think I'm always really lucky. I count my blessings that at the moment in time, we can 
I'm currently live, making a living. Well, not so much now because we can't play concerts. But yeah. the last few years with Phil Gamble Bassistons, been making a living through live music and touring across Europe. And and yeah, for, for years I had I, I worked in retail. I worked in a screen printing studio for five years. It's like I think some people sometimes assume because your dad's a motorhead or whatever, you're, you're you're like well off, you're really rich, and you, you got this what do you call it, this silver spoon. But no, we all we all work we all, we all work hard. We all we all used to have normal jobs before this band. So uh, we're lucky that we know it's not we can't really happen forever. So we're just trying to count our blessings, enjoying it while we can, and just hopefully yeah we'll be carrying on writing new music so for the fans to enjoy. And yeah, just again, can't wait to play the new album and songs off the new album on stage. And just, I said in a few interviews in the past, I'd go on stage and play Spice Girls. I'd do anything right now. I'd do, I don't know, uh, Cher, Do You Believe? I don't know. <laughs> do Grease the Musical. Listen, pretend. listen. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. So I, I've never said this on the show before. And I've done, I've done probably 70 episodes, episodes on this. Since you're talking about it over and over, I'm not kidding. In my closet, I have a Spice Girls shirt right nice. next to a Meg- Megadeth shirt. I'm not even kidding. And I grew oh. up listening to the Spice Girls and Megadeth together. Yeah. I love both of them. I don't know if you feel the same way. They got a couple of capture songs. <laughs> I, I give them that. But to be honest, I, I have a, quite a wide spectrum of music as well. Maybe not 90s pop, but uh, listen, I do like a bit of 90s pop. I think like nowadays, I I quite like the odd Katy Perry album. Uh, there you Taylor's- go. Don't mind. I'm not afraid to say it. I enjoy, I enjoy pop music. I enjoy Cigaros, one of my favorite bands. They're just a chill oh, out. Great band. Great band. You know, uh, for my listeners, again, you know, if Tyler and me were to recommend anything to you, yes, Sugar Rose. Yes, hundred um, percent. So I think I think it's good to just try and listen to all types of music. Good music is good music. At the end of the day, everyone has different opinions. Don't be afraid to. Not pretending not like a band because your friends don't like it. Screw it. Like if, if you like that band, listen yeah. to that and buy their t-shirts and support them. So yeah, well, it's always good to enjoy different types of music. Well, since you just talked about those artists, okay, I I I knew I said this was the last question, but if you if it was up to you, and it is up to you, if you had a favorite non-metal artist, could be any artist to collaborate with on making an album, who would it be? Counting Crows. Wow. You know what? I could actually see that. If you with don't the, with my with other the, band, with the Yeah, with the style that you play. Yeah. What's the name of your other band? I, I actually oh. want you to plug that in for the fans so they oh, can actually cool. tune in. What's so, the name of your other band? We're called the People the Poet. Uh we're kind of like Cotton Crows meets Bruce Springsteen vibe is what everyone compares us. Oh my to, or Kings of Leon when they were good. Or when they were cool. So yeah, our singer gets compared to Eddie Vedder and uh, uh, Adam Duretz, the Carton Grove singer at times. So it was an interesting. We're, we're nothing like Phil Campbell, the Bastard Sons, but we're still a, a rock band, I'd like to say. Yeah. So free to check that out with lots of stuff on Spotify and YouTube. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's funny. When I asked you that question, you immediately thought of Counting Crows. Yeah, I, I, feel like you, I feel like you had that in the back of your head. <laughs> I was lucky enough to see. Uh, when I said I like going traveling to concerts, once I saw 
Bruce Springsteen with Canton Crow support in, in Rome. I was like, we're going. So managed to go. Yeah. Uh, we had lucky enough to get like, we were in like a VIP area. So we, it was just a fridge of beers. And I was meeting my four, my friends like, oh, well, we're in the VIP area. Maybe, maybe these beers are free. So there's like no one manning them. So we started drinking them, went back and forth a few times. And then, this woman who spoke Italian didn't understand so like no or whatever. Got this piece of paper got this piece of paper from the floor, put her on the fridge, and it said Counting Crows Rider. We were drinking their rider. Oh my gosh. Man, uh I'm obviously gonna have you back on the show because I mean we could go on forever with these stories. So obviously, you know, we would do these in person. So when you guys do come to Dallas, yeah, I would yeah. love to have you. Your, your dad, even your brothers, even Neil, like bring all you guys yeah. in. We could do like an in-person interview because I'm sure you guys miss doing those. I miss yeah. doing those. And again, you know, lastly, you know, before we finish things off here, Tyler, do you have any shout outs, any plugs you want to do with Phil Campbell, Masters or your other band that you want to talk to the fans about, how they can support you guys, where they can follow you, where they can purchase yeah. your album? So, yeah, uh, uh, there's a cheesy plug in time now. Do so, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our new album, Phil Campbell, The Bastard Sons, We're the Bastards, comes out November 13th. If you want to pre-order it or order it, go to philcampbell.net. You can go to the order link by there. We have signed, if you want to get signed copies, you can only order them from our Music Glue. We've also just released a special crew t-shirt for our road crew. So all the profits for that will go to our road crew on working at the time. At the moment during this difficult time so if you go to our if you go to our facebook uh all the details are on there because there's a slightly different store for that philcampbell.myshopify.com so hopefully we can raise some money for our road crew and give them a little bonus before christmas and yeah just hopefully everyone enjoys the new music uh feel free to check out my other band the people the poet if you're into bruce springsteen pearl jam kings of leon Counting Crows type music. I don't know that's about it, yeah. And uh, uh, thank you very much for chatting. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been good fun. It's been, I've enjoyed doing these interviews because I've literally had nothing to do. So You know, I had one fun. artist, I'm one artist who told me like these interviews aren't even like interviews, they're like therapy, you know? And yeah. I'm like, wow, this is, that's a very good comparison because it actually does help us like, keep doing what we're doing. You know, yeah. the fans, are, you know, the people who are listening to this podcast right now, I can't encourage you enough to go and buy the record. You know, I know Tyler talked about all the sources that you can reach out to. Uh, you can just go buy the merch, buy the merch, you know, buy the albums, buy the vinyls, because it helps. It helps people like Tyler, it helps musicians like his father, even Phil, you know, the Bastard Sons, the entire band. You guys wouldn't be here without the fans. You know, that's that's a whole that, exactly. that's a whole dilemma about about all this. And you and. They'll be on the road as soon as you know. If you guys help out the bands, they can do what they love. And hopefully someday the venues will come back to life. And it will come back to life. We just got to work together with this. And, you know, Tyler, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this. You know, um, I will be sure to have you back on the show. You know, this is gonna this is great. Again, yeah. this this could have been like two hours long, maybe even more if we didn't stop. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I know I got to let you get going. I know it's like nighttime over there in England. But, um, you know, be safe out there you know, in Wales and we'll do this yeah. again in the past, in, in, uh, in the future. I don't know why I said past in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I think I, I can't even think right now because we're in quarantine for so long, but yeah, you know, we're the bastards comes out November 13th on nuclear blast records, Tyla from Phil Campbell and the bastard sons. Thank you so much. Thank and you I'll very see much. you next time, brother.
See you soon. Bye now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.